this song really blows my mind. The fact that, I mean, like, it gets annoying, the whole thing of music being like, she's only 20, she's only 19, she's only 21. Yeah. But, like, but the fact that she wrote, but I can't get over the fact that she wrote this and sang this when she was mm-hmm. 20 or 21. That's, it's just, yeah, I mean, this is such an emotional thing. It's, it's just like, oh, I'm just going to go through a run-through of, like, whatever material I have. This is not just whatever material. This is gold right here. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if this is her throwaway stuff, then... Wow. Welcome to Strange Phenomena, the music of Kate Bush. I am Cecily Link, and this week we're going to be talking about a B-side called Warm and Soothing. Warm and soothing That's how I remember home Walking into arms through the back door Hearing voices I know well And with me to talk about the song this week is, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Zoe. I've been on a lot of episodes before, and I really love this song, and I'm excited to talk about it, and hopefully more people will check it out as a result. Seriously, man. I mean, this is this thing isn't even available on like Spotify or anything like that. Like, you no, have to kinda... you have to go on YouTube. Yeah, you got to go to YouTube to get it. Although back in the day, you had to get this as a B-side, though, for December Will Be Magic yeah. Again. Which itself isn't exactly so readily available. But yeah, yeah. the best thing in the world is the uh, if you go online, if you, fi- you can find YouTube to MP3 converters. Best mm-hmm. thing. Ever. Like, that's basically how I have all her... Um, all her demos downloaded and this and other hard to find tracks. Cause yes, it's only available pretty much on YouTube, but it's stunningly beautiful for a lot of reasons that we'll explore. Oh yeah. The song was a B-side. It was a B-side for December Will Be Magic Again, which was released on November 17th, 1980. After it was released on December Will Be Magic Again, on the flip side, it was featured on the one of the last discs of the box set This Woman's Work, which was released in, I want to say, 1989 or 1990. It was soon after The Sensual World was released. Mm-hmm. And that had a whole all of her albums up to that point and then included two discs of B-sides and other rare tracks. And this song was included on there. I remember getting it through a... <clears throat> other means because <laughs> this stuff like the box and i was like i've already it's got like a rebels. billion dollars yeah it's, i'm not gonna pay all this money just for like 24 tracks nope i already have everything else yeah. so the song is a little bit harder to find unless you go on youtube and it was just meant to be a quick run through actually for kate to get herself acclimated to abbey road as she was starting the never forever sessions and it was just a it was supposed to be a, hey, let's check out the sound. Okay, Kate, go over to the piano there. Go play and sing something. 
And there yeah, you go. Yeah, so she goes and sings like her most emotionally mature song to date. For <laughs> real. This song just kind of this this song really blows my mind. It gets annoying the whole thing of music critics being like, she's only twenty, she's only nineteen, she's only twenty one. Yeah. But like, but the fact that she wrote, but I can't get over the fact that she wrote this and sang this when she was mm-hmm. twenty or twenty one. That's it's just. Yeah, I mean, this is such an emotional thing. It's, it's just like, oh, I'm just going to go through a run-through of, like, whatever material I have. This is not just whatever material. This is gold right here. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if this is her throwaway stuff, then wow. Seriously, like, I've always fucking loved this song <laughs> because it's, it's so good. It's so good. It's got these beautiful vocal leaps in it that she oh. just does so well it's just you're just like especially on the the choking on the woozy afternoon it's afternoon just, oh my god it's like vocal and, orgasm and it's less v- than listener orgasm eargasm eargasm i mean and it's less than three like minutes long gives me so many eargasms <laughs> and this says this song is less than three minutes long but it's got an intriguing story it's got some beautiful melodies it's got some great piano work it's honestly this i think this is one of her most underrated songs to be honest it really is oh oh without a doubt but real doubt and i think it really establishes her as 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 a fiction as a writer she always defines herself as a writer that's always Mm -hmm. how she says more than even musician and this really because what is writing it's about kind of well i mean there is the whole henry james saying write what you know but there's also writing and reading as a way to be transported to a different experience and she's writing completely out of her experience oh yeah and capturing it brilliantly like i mean really making you feel like you are with this kind of disintegrating relationship and so it's just her writing really crystallizes that emotion. I'm mean, going again to therapy talk. So, oh, well, I've mentioned this in other episodes, but I am a counselor, social worker, trust therapist for my day job. And so there's this stage called Eric Erickson, who's a psychologist, has this eight like level stage of stages of life. And the middle aged one is called gender. Of each for each stage of life, you have a different kind of dilemma you have to work through. And so. For middle age, it's generativity versus stagnation. And I think about that a lot in this song. Mm-hmm. Basically what it means is generativity is like giving back. And a lot of times it means kind of passing things on to future generations. And then there's stagnation, which kind of speaks for itself. And this song is very much about stagnation, which is not something you think a 21-year-old could get so perfectly inside the head of. But she really does. And as I said before, I so many orgasms. I mean, this like just this song is just. I just I feel like I'm listening to Angel, like an angel, when I hear it. It's just same with the empty bull ring, but I just feel like I'm hearing pure angelic. It's like like she could be sing, she could be pulling Elizabeth Fraser from Cocteau Twins and just sing syllables and not even be singing anything. <laughs> and I, I just, it would still be so compelling. Mm-hmm. Even though, like the way this song begins, I love I love the little piano riff. It, it almost yeah, it's really high on the piano, and it sounds almost like a music box or something. It sounds like yeah, which kind of makes you think and, of like oh, when you're a kid and innocent and being at home, which fits with the the first uh, the first verse, warm and soothing. That's how I remember home. Like 
this person it is... It also kind of reminds me a bit of a clock, and it's like... Doo, 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 oh, you're right. Know. It kind of does. It's interesting. It's, and, like, and this whole song is kind of about time. Let's see, from Kate Bush Encyclopedia, this this was a description I got from Kate Bush Wikipedia, uh, Kate Bush Encyclopedia, sorry. Um, the lyric starts out with a description of the, of the warmth of a family home, but ends up describing a fear of growing old, trapped in a relationship that doesn't seem to be very warm or soothing. And I think what I like about this song also is that how she is describing a relationship that isn't warm and soothing. Like you would expect with a title warm and soothing, it is yeah. going to be a nice, happy song. And instead it's, it's no, it's this couple. That's just, they're going through the motions. Right. It's all about how they basically just have to drink to stay, oh, just to fill the emptiness. And it's a connecting to all we ever looked for. Basically mm. either it's like drinking or going on a vacation to try to fill the emptiness that is in their relationship. It's, I think it's also so, kind of brilliantly subversive as a B-side to December Will Be Magic Again mm-hmm. because that song is, I mean, a Christmas song, so it's all celebratory. And then this song is about kind of the dark side of the holidays. So this song, like, December Will Be Magic Again is literally about the magic, literally, of the holidays. This is when the magic ends and the holidays become this stultifying routine. I mean, I think... Actually, I was saying to Cecily earlier, I've been feeling emotional about a lot of things. I've been feeling emotional about holidays recently. And I'm not in kind of, as I get older, I dread them more and more because of loneliness and stuff. And you kind of end up going through the motions with them. Like maybe the A side of December Lee Magic again is like from the child's point of view. And then B side, like 50 years later. Yeah. Not so fun anymore. Mm. But it's, I think this kind of captures how the holidays. And the holiday season becomes emotionally fraught for a lot of people. Yeah, just one more to ease the ache before the night takes me. When you stay asleep on your side of the bed, don't look at me, don't look at you. Oh, that is just so sad. Yeah, let's go through the lyrics then. So how to start warm and soothing, that's how I remember home. Or walking into arms through the back door, hearing voices I know well and long for. Oh, but it's not just long for it. Then I can't yeah, do it. I, it just, I just, oh, I cannot emphasize how much I love the vocals on this. I, mm. I mean, I already have gone overboard to say how much I do, but oh, I do too. Hell the, like, yeah! All, all the, all the basically the vocal patterns, which goes on long for. Woozy afternoon. Choking on the woozy afternoon. Or look at you. Don't look at you. That is, I feel like I'm sent to heaven. I'm just like, I just think, who does that? Who can sing that? Who can do that with their voice? Who? Mm-hmm. How does someone think? I'm just think. I'm thinking. How is this human? <laughs> how is someone this talented? But thank God that she was, or thank herself that she was. That she was. But yeah, so it starts out as you were saying. It's kind of the misleading beginning. Says warm and soothing. That's how I remember home. So it's weird because then it goes from that into saying cold and boozy. Our holiday in the Alps, sitting in the lobby, mostly smoking. And I love the mostly smoking it's like mm, very smoky. she's doing her like yeah she's doing a very kind of like 
film noir thing there, and choking on the woozy afternoon. Cold and boozy. is very much kind of this warm gathering so I kind of and so it feels like a family gathering I don't know but then the rest of the song goes up being about this couple that is grown distant from one another yeah. which also is interesting because it kind of reminds me of um another day the mm. Ward Harper cover should appear Gabriel which I sent to you but I found Kate Bush fans really like this and if you're a Kate Bush fan and a Joanne Newsom fan because Joanna Newsom actually performed another day with Roy Harper. You can look it up on YouTube. So that's a really fun crossover. Um, and it's really good. But anyways, it kind of, yeah, like the way I picture, I visual, like when I'm listening to this song, I kind of visualize the visuals from the performance of another day from the Christmas special, where you see her and Peter Gabriel being as this couple who are over it. I kind of think of this song almost, and this is totally in my own head, as like the point of view of a couple whose kids have grown up and left the home and now they're on their own. So the warm family feeling's gone. But at the same time, it's been actually like shown in studies that empty nesters, as they're called, when your mm-hmm. kids leave the home, actually tend to become happier. I know my parents sure as hell are. That's mm, my, that's mine too. My left. <laughs> but, um, but, so, but it feels like they've lost something and now they're trying to use other things to fill some kind of uh, something that's been lost. And, um, but it's interesting because she does repeat the, the last sentence of the whole song is she, she really stretches out the word, my mm-hmm. darling. So there is still some affection there. And it's interesting because like with Kashka from Baghdad, she makes a choice here where the narrator's genderless. It's not like, mm-hmm. for example, in Army Dreamers, where she is saying, I'm the mother of the soldier. The, you, she could be either the husband or the wife, or, you know, I don't think she was thinking about same sex couples, or the husband or the husband, or the wife or the wife. But, yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but she could be technically anyone. And it, or she could be both. She could be each fan that could be for a different person feeling the same. You know, maybe the husband's the one reeling in a few, reeling in the music. And the wife is feeling abruptly moody. It's interesting because it's like she's omniscient. It's first person and omniscient narration at the same time. Looking at the lines as they're written out that it's, these aren't very long lines either. I mean, of course, she's, there are particular words that Kate is dragging out, like with the my darling. And that's what her skill, I mean, that's her thing. Yeah, that's what makes her her. But it's also like the the lines are not very long at all. It's not like Mm -hmm. uh, it's not like some song lyrics I've seen where like every line is like packed with tons of syllables. And so I knew some songs. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I actually wasn't quite thinking her, but I mean, definitely her. Like I I look at lyric videos and go, holy crap. She how does she remember all these lyrics? (laughs) I know. Right. I know. But But, um, but yeah, you're right. It's very succinct. It is very succinct. And it's, I like that it's not clear. You're right. It, I, it's not clear as to whether it's a guy or a girl talking. And frankly, who really cares? Like, Kate always goes through different points of view. And who cares whether it's a guy, dude or a girl? I mean, it's either way, it's, 
it's a succinct story and it's all done in less than three minutes and you're just like you're left like wow oh my goodness I think that's yeah I think that's a testament to what a good writer she is that she doesn't need to like pack in a lot in order Mm -mm. to tell or to give a really vivid portrait of a stagnated marriage or relationship she can say it very briefly and just use the right words and you've got the picture yep and speaking of lyrics like we were already kind of digging in there like you and i both love the cold and boozy our holiday in the alps sitting in the lobby mostly smoking choking choking on the woozy afternoon it's just so vivid you can, just, yeah. you can visualize them perfect like so there's like the way i picture it is um there's this movie, one of my favorite movies this movie from 1967 called belle du jour mm-hmm. and there's a it, at one point the couple in the movie who like they're not having sex for reasons that are way too complicated for me to go into that's enough, that's a whole other podcast but they are very emotionally detached. And I just think of the couple in that movie. There's a scene where they're at this like ski trip. And I think of them on the ski trip, just kind of like not really, like being distant from one another. And so they're, yeah, they're using this, like, like I think a lot of people do is they're going on a vacation and, you know, cold and boozy, using a booze to feel better, but to make themselves more warm, more mm. soothed, but it's still not that warm and soothing. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that's sort of violent imagery, like choking on the woozy afternoon. Well, because I'm thinking, when, when I think of that lyric, I think of old movies I've seen where people are constantly smoking. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's why it's like, so vivid. I love um, it. Like, God, like watching, oh, this is kind of weird, like watching Mr. Mom and there's a scene where there's some, they're, having a meeting and everybody is smoking in that scene and like the camera is permanent it's just ha- so hazy in that scene because so many people are smoking I think of that <laughs> like the yeah, old movies and... because mm-hmm. more but you know oh yeah but... it is not a stereotype that the French smoke a lot because I've been there twice and they do <laughs> even when yeah. they tell you défense de fumer they will fumer because they feel like it <laughs> <laughs> no, it it is no. I've been I've been too. It is true. But yeah, I just it just that line. She's you completely can actually visualize mm-hmm. it, which is really rare in music. Mostly, it's just like "Baby, I love you," whatever, yeah. um, or "Oh, I feel so sad." You can't really visualize what "Oh, mm-hmm. I feel so sad," but she can visualize two people sitting on the lobby, kind of face like backs maybe turned away from each other, smoking mm-hmm. and like having a drink. Cold and. It's all about showing rather than telling. Yes. Yes, completely with this song. She's not saying how they feel emotionally, but she's showing these little vignettes from their life together that completely show you what has ha- what their life is. Mm-hmm. And you had said another lyric that you were like, I like this lyric too. This whole stanza, I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm reeling in the Just music and I've only had a few. I, I mean, I like it in part because I relate. Mm, Lightweight oh, problems. Yeah. I've, one, I'm, I'm one of those people who has one drink and I'm, I'm good. Me well, too. No, it depends on the night. Depends on the night. But like a, a few weekends ago, yeah, like one beer and I was strong. It's like one beer, really? But, I,
I know that feeling so well. Mm, of, me too. You feel a little lightheaded, you know? And then another, I really love this stanza. Just one more, again, with drinking, just one more to ease the ache before the night takes me. When you stay asleep on your side of the bed, don't look at me, don't look at you. And she, you know, she says that at you is, again, another orgasm. Mm, yeah. Um, just at the, at the end of every stanza, she goes way up into the heavens. But I just love this stanza because it perfectly captures the life of a couple that's settled into this distant complacency mm-hmm. and is basically just functioning basic, based on routine instead of out of love, which I think is really relatable for a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. And calling and the way she says, before the night takes me, that's like a very poetic way to describe before I fall asleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I like that. It's very beautiful. It makes, again, if you're you're right. It's an example of of showing and not telling. She's mm-hmm. showing what happens when they're in bed. She's not telling you, oh, it feels like we're distant when we're in bed. She's actually showing you. Just one more to ease the ache before the night takes me. yeah and that's what i really like about this song is all of the showing rather than like spitting it out telling you you're like you're able to feel what it's like watching this couple and you're up at the end going oh my gosh that's so sad but it's odd too because it's kind of for me at least it definitely took a few listens to even understand that because yeah, me too. the meaning of the song is kind of, and the lyrics are kind of so discordant with the delivery because as I've, I've said the word angelic 10,000 times, she sounds so pure and angelic mm-hmm. that she sounds pretty happy. And it's not like all we ever look for where the production makes it sound happy because this is not like a produced song, just her and the piano. But, and even though the, actual tone of the piano is a little sad the doo, 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 doo thing mm-hmm. um she it, it sounds it's just very it's very pleasing to the ear so it doesn't sound like a sad song um right for me at least it took a couple listens and then like reading the lyrics to see that oh this is kind of a this is a short story pretty much about this unhappy marriage because when you hear it, it does that like it actually sounds quite warm and soothing but as we all know, Kate loves to kind of go, oh, ha ha, just kidding. That's not so, that's not so uh, warm and soothing there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this sounds all upbeat, but oh, hey, no, just kidding. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting because this is one that isn't, as I said, like there's not production involved, Mm-mm. really. So, um, but she's still doing that. <laughs> so she's always, she's always at it. But it's just funny because her she sounds so pure and innocent yeah in her voice but she's talking about something that is so like these basically i like you know you picture these two like middle-aged people smoking and boozing it up like the opposite of like the the way that she sounds is the opposite of the people she's describing indeed and i think you know she she's been doing this kind of thing since uh really since the beginning and just 
looking deep into the psychology of people and them mm-hmm. how they act the way, why they act the way they do and and not necessarily giving a reason as to why this they're acting the way they are but just like showing showing people being people <laughs> yeah yeah and she did always say in interviews that if she wasn't a musician she would be a psychiatrist mm-hmm. and I could totally so, see that oh absolutely absolutely and, and as a therapist I like that gives me a lot of joy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think it's very much this song's perfect encapsulation of her as a phenomenal writer mm-hmm. and of her as a phenomenal vocalist. It's pretty much the best of everything. So underrated. But I understand Seriously. why it's underrated because it's not really available. So it's not like it would be able yeah. to spread around that much. Well, and one wishes that Kate would maybe re-release her her work uh, either online or just make it more available for people. But, I mean, she doesn't really like to look back at her old work. So I'm kind of, I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised, if that makes any sense. Yeah. No, totally. I mean, yeah, she's, I mean, I think her including it on this woman's work is probably the extent to which she would revisit it yeah i mean certainly it's it's never been done live in fact she's i look long and hard to see if kate even talked about this song at all and the only things that i found of other people of people talking about this song were not from her but from people that she worked with yeah that's interesting like uh this is from musician magazine fall of 1985 Peter Swales, the article was just called Kate Bush. This is from Gaffa. Uh, He says, Warm and Soothing was a demo tape, which we did basically just to see what Abbey Road sounded like. We wanted to work there. We went into Studio 2. And really, the only way we could tell if it was going to sound good was if I went and did a piano vocal. So I did, and it sounds great. Sounded great. Mm -hmm. And then from Under the Ivy... Um, the beautiful, warm, and soothing played on the piano as a simple run-through in order to acclimatize herself when she first entered Abbey Road was another wonderful song relegated to B-side status. It was almost as though she now found this kind of thing too easy, too conventional, and therefore viewed it with suspicion. Occasionally, one wondered whether she was tossing away some of her most affecting material. Quote, I think her best stuff, the ultimate thing with Kate, is her singing and playing the piano, says Ian Berenson. It's stunning. It just goes straight to you. It's there from the first note. It's really about her and the piano and the rest of us could all go take a hike. Unquote. <laughs> yeah, I'll go take a hike. I, I think the material on its own is affecting, for mm-hmm. sure, because it's just such an interesting story. But it's really her vocal delivery of it that makes it so affecting for me personally. And I'm glad. I'm just grateful that she even did release it as a B-side mm-hmm. because maybe I feel like it's the kind of thing if she really thought, oh, it's too easy, I can throw it away, she wouldn't have even released it. So I'm really mm-hmm. glad that she did. Or she would have, or like with the demos. But I'm so I'm glad that it was released in some capacity because it Same here. is really stun- It is really special. And you mentioning this being the flip side of uh, 
December will be magic again with that being all a nice happy song about the holidays and this one being a not quite so happy song. Yeah, this is holidays. like, oh, it's, thing, it's like, oh, it's Christmas. I need to like yeah. drink in order to get through this today. It makes <laughs> me think, of, it actually makes me think of an Imogen Heap song called Just For Now, which is supposed to be like a Christmas type song that you kind of don't really realize what's going on. First of all, because sometimes you can't understand what Imogen is singing as much as I love her. But then when you look at the lyrics, you're like, oh, wait, this seems to be talking about a family and like them, like people arguing at Christmas or, oh, no, I the, the turkey is burned. Oh, no. What am I going to do? Like, it's mm. all about like the chaos of the holidays. And you saying that made me think of just for now. And now it's in my head because it's a catchy song. Anyway. No, it's interesting. No, it's interesting. And also because she has cited Kate as influence before. Indeed, she has. And I can sort of see it, but. Well, they're also two very, very different people. But. Yeah, so the way she said it is more in terms of, like, being able to work on the technical side of her music. Mm-hmm. As opposed yeah. to just being a girl singer, you know? But I, I just love this song because, as oh, always, you completely... I mean, I've said this before, but to me, what makes a good vocalist a good vocalist is not about even technical skill, but it's about that you believe what they're saying. And like, as mm-hmm. always, you just completely believe that she feels the emotions she's saying. So for example, when she says, I remember sulking on the sofa, the way she says oh. sulking on the sofa, and you can probably play a little clip of that. She sounds so pouty. You could, I just imagine she's like sulking and pouting as she says it. Abrupt, too moody. she's completely sells it emotionally and Mm -hmm. I love and she does the thing that I love so much that she does so much in Never Forever which is the stretching out of words kind of to their until they don't even really sound like themselves anymore so like the woozy afternoon which she talked about Mm -hmm. and so as on the infant kiss with no control where she makes control like a whole other word yeah she kind of, she also stretches the <laughs> word out darling at the very end so much that it's almost like is she even saying darling anymore so that to me is what's really one of the hallmarks of her vocal style is the stretching words out so much that they become almost philip just a sound and there's just so many places where she does that and i think how is the human voice capable of that Mm. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like looking also at like the sheet music for example and the Kate Bush complete and they just give you the the vocal line and the chords Wait, above it. All the way up. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, um she does more than an octave leap. Uh Whoa, Oh god, like multiple octaves I think. Um she goes like an octave and I want to say a third. Um, when yeah. she does up for the don't look at me, don't look at you and choking on the woozy afternoon, that ooh yeah. there. Yeah, it's, it's it's a big leap in the melody. I mean, of course you can hear it, but then like to, for me being music nerd looking at it, I go, oh yeah, that is a big leap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And even for me, I can't read music, but I just listening to it. It's like just the key change. It's like, oh, where did that come from? Okay. Okay. But with her, you almost get to expect the unexpected in terms of key changes. Mm-hmm. Because she does it all the time and every, everywhere. Yeah, and, and in this song especially, um, she's got... 
mean, she starts it in a D7, so it not not a not D major, not D minor, but just a D7. And so you, it seventh chords kind of always feel a little bit off in some way, or sometimes they're used in in jazz music. And yeah, you know, she goes D7 and E minor seven, D minor seven, A minor, G minor, D. And D major doesn't exist in G. It's just, oh, it's, 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 oh my goodness. Anyway, music yeah. nerd. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. You know, kind of talking about the fact that she was 21 when she recorded this song but it sounds like but it's about somebody so much older and more mature you mentioned a later song here in the notes that this uh kind of makes yeah. it a companion piece of i mean they're not that similar but it's just in terms of right she does have songs that are about relationships not that many like and there's some on the sensual world like between a man and a woman but this one is more feels more showing and not telling than the other ones. And this reminds me, I think, a little bit of Mrs. Bartolozzi from, from Ariel. Yeah, sorry. Because that's a song that's about, very much about a mature relationship. And, I mean, that's a really complex song to go into, but I love it. Um, it's really complex, but it's kind of this woman and how she's, how doing household chores evokes different feelings within her and I just think that this even though this is at such a different point in her career and she sounds so different it's also pretty piano it's also a piano based song they kind of work well as just like kind of rare songs in her body of work that are about these intimate home relationships mm. as opposed to you know like being a fetus and nuclear war or dancing with Hitler. Like yeah. he's known for having really outlandish topics or like, you know, James, sensual world being about James Joyce. Yeah. But, um, but these, those are two songs. I think these are two songs that really capture intimacy beautifully in a way that is all about showing and not telling. Mm-hmm. Even though they're at such different points in her career. And they're telling, like, Mrs. Bartolozzi is a much more positive. I mean, she's looking at things with, like, they have the things, like, the washing the, the washing machine and the clothes that are hung up to dry. They evoke sensuality. It evokes happiness within her. Whereas this song is about dissatisfaction. But there's still, these two songs feel a lot more personal and psychological than mm-hmm. a lot of her other work, which feels which tend to feel more universal or about bigger themes. The primary reason I love this song is the vocals, because it's just, I feel like I'm hearing angels sing and the vote and takes my breath away. And the woozy afternoon one of my favorite vocal moments forever. I mean, Never Forever era Kate, for me, is the best she ever was vocally. So all, like, the songs Never Forever and the B-sides and the miscellaneous from that era are really, really close to my heart. 
and she does all all her favorite little all her favorite all her little tricks that she does like stretching words out changing keys in a completely abrupt and random way mm-hmm. all these things that are her hallmark of that era she does here for a so a story for a really moving story and i think that makes the song really special i agree and i'm just, I I'm just and i can't really think of much like it in her body of work in terms of the subject matter not really in fact I actually can't really think of many just her and the piano songs within her discography, really. Because most of her songs have other people playing around her, or she's done mm-hmm. some tricks on the Fairlight, or she doesn't have any piano in there at all. But this is yeah. one of only... I can think... Of, okay, I can think of about six songs off the top of my head, just across everything she's ever done like like feel it it's just her and the piano mm-hmm. this is just her and the piano feel it there's um, still backing vocals maybe at some point she's doubled with herself i'll have to go back and yeah but, not, not that much but there's there's a feel it there's a warm and soothing there's the empty boring mm. um there's under the ivy although that one she has backing vocals she has the for me yeah the background um, this woman's work is just her and the piano, but yeah, even other songs yeah. like like Moments of Pleasure or Top of the City, it's piano based, but it's got drums or other people's playing with her. Um, yeah, and it's interesting that for this era of her career, where she was experimenting with production more, that her B sides were more stripped back mm-hmm. with this and the empty bull ring. Yeah. Maybe and then was, what was the B-side for Army Dreamers again? Was it just another song from Never Forever? No, Army I Dreamers do, I know it too. had Delius and Passing Through Air. Yeah. But that's a random one to use. With Like, she recorded that, like, years before. It's kind yeah, of it's like... real. It's also, I mean, I'm just going to be blunt. It's, like, not that good, but... <laughs> well, yeah. it's, it's, it's notable to me because it's young Kate. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, but it it sounds like her making a pretty standard rock song. Yes, it does have like kind of an Elton Johnish like. Yeah, she was listening to late seventies radio. Really good way to yeah. it. and especially yeah. like with the key changes, it feels very Elton John, and it's piano based. It's very Elton Johnish. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah, I mean it's not bad. It's just not. Whereas like you have this and. The Empty Bullring is B-Sides, which are really remarkable songs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Final thoughts on Warm and Soothing? No, just go on YouTube, find it. Find a, uh, any, you can be like Google YouTube to MP3 converters. You can download music from YouTube videos. I've done that for a lot of stuff. And it's really good, good tip to have. Yeah. Because for a lot of her stuff that it's not available otherwise. So... I am, yeah. and, you know, I'm always encouraging people to, to, you know, go out and buy the album, but this one, you can't find it anywhere. So I'm with you, yeah. Zoe. Go right to YouTube, guys. Or... Yeah, basically, I'm always, like, my tag... Basically, I'm just like, hi, my name's Zoe. Buy the Dreaming on, on iTunes. But, <laughs> but, but for this, no, I'm not sure. Yeah, no. Although, actually, for you guys' listening pleasure, here's the whole of the beautiful, warm, and soothing. We're going to close out ah. here for this episode here. Thank you guys, everybody, for listening. And next week, we'll come be back with another B-side. Here we go with Warm and Soothing. 
warm and soothing. That's how I remember home. Walking into arms through the back door, hearing voices I know well. Bush song or a couple songs that you would love to talk about for a future episode or if you know something about this week's song that we didn't get to in our discussion here's where you can contact me you can contact me through my website kbcast.linkmedia.com that's link with an e you can email me kbcast at linkmedia.com again link with an e you can find me on facebook facebook.com slash katebushpodcast and also on twitter at strangekatecast Join us next week for a discussion of a very obscure little song that has never actually been officially released, but was leaked a few years ago under a very intriguing title, Kidnapped on a Building Site. And I'm going to get to talk with a huge Kate fan, also from New York, named Danny, all about this song. See everybody next week. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.